Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Good morning. Um, I'm so glad to be able to preach and share the word this morning, and it's just been so great going through the book of Mark. Um, I love how, as a church, we take you know, it's one book, and we're going to take an absurd amount of time and just go through it, <laughs> you know, but it's really good because uh, it helps us digest, really digest the word of God um, bit by bit, and um, and so yeah, so it's been amazing, and um, this morning, I'm excited, it's kind of interesting, I'm preaching on, um, it's Mark 8, 31 through 37, and a couple weeks ago, I preached on kind of the first part of this whole scene uh, of Jesus with interaction with his disciples and Peter. Um, And so we're continuing on this kind of journey of Jesus teaching his disciples of what it really looks like to follow him. Um, And so this morning, it's a hard message for us, but um, I need to be true to the scripture and and preach it. So I'm also excited for that opportunity. So right before the scripture, we're about to start on in verse 31 of Mark chapter 8, um, we've already seen where Jesus uh, asks his disciples, who you say I am? And there's this interaction, and, and, and Peter gets upset. He gets offended because he had this certain view of what he thought um, Jesus was or who he thought he is. And then um, when Peter rebukes Jesus, he then rebukes him back uh, because he says, your mind is not set on the things of God. And so then we immediately see uh, Jesus turned to the crowds and began a teaching. And as I think about Peter kind of in the scene and what he's going through in his mind, um, I think what Peter's biggest problem was he had no problem embracing the crown, so to speak. He didn't have a problem embracing Jesus as this king who was going to come and save Israel, put him back on the map, so to speak, to uh, reestablish like this amazing kingdom that they once were. Um, his problem was really embracing who Jesus was and embracing the cross, which Jesus starts to talk about. He says to his disciples that I'm going to die, sorry, I'm going to suffer and be rejected and persecuted. I'm going to die and on the third day rise again. And once he he starts to talk about his death, Peter gets extremely offensive. So Jesus doesn't just stop there. He now, he doubles down, so to speak. He comes right back at Peter, but this time not just him, but he starts speaking to these crowds that have gathered. And this is what, uh, what he says in verse 34. It says, In calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up this, his cross, and follow me. And I think what Jesus is really teaching his disciples is, what does it look like to embrace the cross? As a follower of Christ, if you want to be a disciple... What does that actually look like? So he lists these three things. He says, one, you have to deny yourself. Two, you have to uh, take up your cross. And then you have to follow me. And so when we think about the first one, what it looks like to deny ourselves, um, I have a picture, and Andy, you can throw that up here um, whenever you kind of reel that in. And uh, this picture is of me at, um, so when I was a, a senior in high school, um, the senior group, the senior class, or, or it was, you know, we um, decided to host this dance for the school. 
And so this is 10 years ago. I have my reunion this summer, which is weird, <laughs> like so weird. And, um, but it'll be fun, you know, <laughs> we're going back for that. And um, so anyway, so the picture, I'll just kind of describe it. Hopefully we get there at some point because I'm going to leave it up there for a little bit. Um, but it's me at this dance. There you go. And uh, I'm being worshipped. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Um, and it's just funny. I have like a Hawaii shirt on. I've never been to Hawaii hair. I don't know. It's, <clears throat> I think I still look the same, which is great. So I still look young. <laughs> Ten years later, everybody still thinks I look like one of the youth kids in the youth group. So that's good. But um, when I look at this picture, um, it's just interesting to me because uh, so it's a dance. They're like lifting people up randomly, you know. But um, when I think about, like, this person um, and who I was then, uh, I see, like, through the, the shirt and, like, kind of the coolness to a person who is actually pretty selfish. And I kind of look through it and see a person who um, I think wanted people to really like him. He really cared more about what people thought about him than really what he thought about himself or maybe even the Lord. And at the time, I wasn't following Christ. I didn't really have a relationship with the Lord. Um, but I, the biggest thing for me is that, man, I was pretty like selfish. I wanted my own way. And so as I read this scripture, it's really hard for me because I'm thinking, man, um, if, if God, if Christ's uh, first command to be a disciple is to deny ourselves, then that's just one thing even that we have to get rid of is maybe our selfishness. Luckily, I'm not the same person I was, you know, on the outside, I look, pretty much the same. I can grow a beard now. But other than that, um, it's really my heart that's changed. And when Jesus talks about it, and he says, first you have to deny yourself, what he's really talking about is that we have to give up our own way of life, our own way of living. This guy was just living for himself. That was it. Um, I, I wanted people to like me, and I wanted to appear that um, I was like this great person. And I was. I mean, I think I was a good, you know, I was a good guy and, and stuff. I'll find out later if my dad listens to this sermon and he has some comments now. But um, I, I think the, the issue is that uh, I wasn't denying myself. I, I wasn't following the Lord in these things. And I, and I never chose to give up my own way of living. And Jesus first says this because before you can take up your cross, before you can follow him and do these other things, you need to, in a sense, renounce yourself. And more importantly, your claim to yourself. What does that mean? It means giving up your own ambitions even, your own desires, your own personal goals that you want to achieve in life. You need to renounce these things because if I go after, if I I think, man, I really want to go to this college and I want to be a businessman and start uh, my own business and all these things, right? They're not inherently bad, but the focus of them is really just for myself, in the beginning. And what Jesus is saying is, no, you need to deny yourself. You need to give up your desire to have that and placing that over me. Because it's not just enough to say, you know, I'm going to deny that. It's like if you start a new diet or something like that, and then you see a piece of cake, you're like, oh my gosh, I, I need to eat that piece of cake, right? But you're on this diet, so you can't do that. It's not just enough to say, well, I'm, I'm just going to force myself not to eat that. Because what are you going to put in place of that cake, right? There needs to be something put in that place. So it's not just enough to deny it. And so really, it's denying yourself, but you're becoming more aware of who Christ is. We deny ourselves to become only aware of Christ and no more of ourselves. This is what Jesus is saying, first and foremost. 
So once we become oblivious to ourselves, to quote um, Bonhoeffer, old German theologian, um, who, who just does a great job of talking about these scriptures, but he says this, he says, once we become oblivious to ourselves, then we can be ready to bear the cross for his sake. You can't take up the cross. You can't follow him if you're just so concerned about what you want, what you think is right in this world. Because if you're going to change your worldview, it can't be still based on your own personal desires or thoughts or feelings. You have to completely change the way you think. That's why Paul in Romans talks about don't conform to this pattern in this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's not even you renewing your mind. It's God who's doing the renewing. So after he says you must deny yourself, which is hard enough, and he's preaching to Roman citizens and his disciples and all these people, deny yourselves. I'm like, oh, you know, what does that mean? Then he says, take up your cross. And this is just mind-blowing to these people who they know what the cross is, right? To them, the cross is a symbol of death, a symbol of torture. The Romans used it in this way. Um, they used it to uh, also put people on display on a cross to, as a um, kind of a warning. Hey, if, if you're going to go against the, the Roman uh, kingdom and all these things, this is what it looks like, right? This is what's going to happen. And Jesus is challenging his uh, disciples and the people who are following them, who are just intrigued, and saying, take up your cross. And the first thing I thought about when I think about taking up your cross is this, that it's not just some irritation that we carry, meaning um, it's not just something like, okay, i got to take up my cross, and um, i got to carry it. And I'm more thinking spiritually. I'm not saying physically. I know a guy who, like, that's what he did. He, like, physically got a cross and carried it around for a while, <laughs> which is funny. You know, I guess it helped him. But this is, like, spiritually speaking, take up your cross. And so it's not just some irritation. Like, as I, as I go, I'm going to experience suffering and rejection and death uh, of what, because this is what the cross um, is an example of. You can take this picture down too. <laughs> Sorry. People are probably just staring at that the whole time. Anyway, um, but he's saying this because um, it's a way of life. It's not just something like a mosquito. You're like, ah, flick off real quick, right? But it's a way of like taking up your cross. And Luke adds this. He says daily in the book of Luke, taking up your cross daily means it's a change in the way you live. You've already denied yourself. You've replaced yourself with Christ. Now you're supposed to take up your cross like Christ did and follow him. Each person, each person who desires to follow God is called to take up their own cross in order to be a disciple of Christ. That's the first thing we look at. The second thing we think about taking up our cross is that there's no need to look for one. I think a lot of times we think, man, I... I um, feel like I'm not experiencing enough suffering or rejection because I, uh, you know, but I am following Christ in these things. So you feel like you need to look for it in, in, all, in all this. Again, now you're losing focus and you're thinking about yourself again. I want this. I want to experience these things. I mean, who even says that to begin with, right? Nobody wants these things. But what, he, what Jesus is saying is that a follower of Jesus doesn't need to look for suffering or rejection because it's something they will experience and choosing Jesus means it will lead us to even death. Every Christian has their own cross waiting for them. And every day a Christian faces new temptations. And every day they must suffer again for the sake of Christ. 
So you can imagine if you're in this crowd and you're a disciple or you're just another person, put yourself in this situation. Maybe you feel like you're really like Peter who can't even understand what Jesus is talking about. Like he's like, no, you're the king, but, but now you're telling me I have, to, I have to follow your way. It's the cross, and you're telling me you're going to die on the cross. Like, I can't do that. This is too hard. This is too difficult. But that's what it looks like to follow Christ. So we don't need to look for a cross. It's going to be provided. These things will come in our lives. Maybe you can even think of now or something you're going through, some sort of pain. You feel like, man, why am I going through this, Lord? Be encouraged even in that pain because this is something that the Lord has promised. He hasn't promised a pain-free life. Uh, He doesn't even promise that um, if you follow me, everything's going to be perfect, right? But the, the goodness of him is that he's with us even in that suffering, even in that pain. And lastly, when we think about what it looks like to take up your cross, um, I think it's even harder because a lot of times, it, especially I think me, I think about even our, our church, like, man, there's so many people, we go through so many different things. Uh, maybe some of us just deal with the medical stuff all the time, and it really is suffering. It's, it's not just the physical toll, but it's the um, financial toll. It's the dynamic in your family where it causes fighting or bitterness and all these things. Um, maybe it's your just even suffering at uh, your, your work you go through. You just have this boss who's just always ragging on you. You can't ever um, feel like you're uh, you know, moving forward in your work, but you always feel that. Then you come home, and maybe it's your marriage, and you feel like, man, we always are just suffering. We can't get on the same page, all these things, right? And if I'm somebody who doesn't deal with that, maybe I look at it and think, man, they're experiencing the suffering, and I'm not. Am I actually a disciple of Christ? Like this per- These people are following Christ. I know they love the Lord. They love people, and they want to follow Jesus, and they are. And they're experiencing all the suffering, but I'm not even experiencing that. Like, am I really a disciple? But then it can go the other way, right? Because then these people going through these hard times and experiencing all these things look at the other people and think, man, I wish I had that life. It's way simpler. It's important to know that when we take up our cross, we're not meant to compare crosses with each other. Jesus called and said that each person is going to bear their own cross. He didn't say, uh, you're going to get this cross and that cross. Fight it out. Good luck, you know, and, and, and you know, be jealous, be envious of one another, all these things. He calls each and every person differently to their own cross. And each cross is different, but the focus remains the same. It's Jesus Christ. When we start to compare our crosses, and, and I'm jealous of John because um, my life it just stinks, and I'm going through this hard time in, in my marriage, or I'm going through this and suffering in, in this way, but he's not, I'm immediately taking my focus off of Jesus, which is the point of taking up your cross in the first place, right? I'm focused on him. Now I'm, I'm just envious of him, and I'm bitter. Now I'm becoming selfish. Now I haven't even denied myself. It's like you start back at the beginning, you know? But that's what he talks about when he says, take up your cross daily. It's not a magic thing where if you become a Christian and you accept Christ, that um, you're going to be great, <laughs> you know, for the next 40 years or 50 years or whatever it is, you know, however long you live. It's not uh, to say that you're going to live to be like Christ every day perfectly, not at all. That's why he says daily we need to take up our cross. Daily we need to deny ourselves. And lastly, daily we need to, to, to follow me. 
which is probably the weirdest one, because why would Jesus ask his disciples and say, if anyone would come after me, if anybody would follow me, let them follow me? It's weird, <laughs> you know? And as I think about this, um, I'm just like, man, it makes more and more sense. I, I get it, right? Because uh, Peter, he just wanted to embrace the crown. Picture it this way. Um, he just wanted to embrace the idea of salvation. But he didn't want to embrace the way of living that out, which is what Jesus is talking about. And so I have this other uh, picture, which is just dandy. And uh, <clears throat> this is me and my, I've, I'm the youngest of four, and this is my next oldest brother, so he's three years older than me. And this is Christmas Day about 16 years ago. Um, we had just gotten some water guns, and I... We ended up going outside and using them, so my mom took the picture. She's crazy. And um, when I think about this picture and, and the idea of Jesus asking, you know, if you're going to follow me, you must follow me. Um, as a younger brother of four, I always wanted to be like my siblings. So I always wanted, like, uh, my oldest brother, he played soccer. So I remember, like, watching him. He, played, he was seven years older than me, so he was pretty far along. Um, so one of the reasons I started playing soccer is because he did. Uh, this brother was into film and video stuff, so I started getting into that because he was. My sister was into drama, so I remember in like fifth grade or sixth, I felt like I had to do it, so I did one play and then I quit. <laughs> like after that, <clears throat> it was fun. I just it wasn't for me, and so uh, yeah, I wanted to be like my brother, but um, would it have been enough to just say I wanted to be like my brother, but never be like him? And so when I think about this day, it reminds me of, I remember we got the squirt guns for Christmas, which is funny because it's like the middle of winter and stuff. And we're like, oh, we need to use them. Yeah, let's use them. So would it have been the same if my brother ran out there and I just kind of watched from inside of the window and stared out and was like, oh, that's cool. I want to be like him. I want to do that. You know, just kind of looked at what he was doing. Jesus is telling his disciples to follow him um, that you must follow me if you want to follow me because what he's really saying is you need to be like me and you need to do the things I do. It's not enough to just sit inside the house and look outside the window. You need to actually run outside with your shirt off and shoot your brother with a squirt gun, right? It's not enough to just uh, think you want to be like Christ and not deny yourself of your own selfish things, your selfish pride or ambitions. It's not enough to say you want to be like Christ and never take up your cross and really experience suffering and pain or even pray for others who are dealing with suffering and pain even when you're not. It's not enough uh, to just think, I want to love the least of these and never do it. It's not enough to say, I want to love on the widow and the orphan. You need to do it. And it's amazing we saw that this morning, too, in a baby dedication. We saw what it looks like to be like Christ. And this is really difficult. He's just piling it on top of one another, you know. Deny yourself. Take up the cross. Follow me. His words are offensive and difficult for the people. They're offended that he would tell them to take up a cross because that means that they're going to die, right? Peter's offended because, what do you mean? You're the king and you're telling me you're going to die. You're telling me we have to do those things? No, 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 no. I want to die for you, Lord. Lord, I want to take your place. I want to do these things. He would rather himself die than Jesus die because he was the king who was going to come and save Israel. He was the one who was going to come and reestablish the kingdom. But now he's just being selfish, right? He's not denying himself in that sense. So the question can be asked of Jesus' words. Are you truly a disciple 
If you do not deny yourself, if you never take up your cross, and if you never follow him, meaning if you never act like Jesus, if you never do the things that he desires of you to do, if not, and I think you're more like Peter than you think, and you're only embracing the crown. You're only embracing the idea of Jesus. You're only embracing uh, this, even the salvation part of it, the like really cool, glamorous part of it. You're only embracing looking through the window at your older brother shooting a squirt gun, having a blast outside, and you're never actually taking part in it with him. So what happens if we don't embrace the cross? Because this is important. Jesus now turns from telling them what it looks like into what will happen if we don't embrace the cross. Verses 35 through 37, Jesus says this, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake in the Gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? Jesus is going deeper into what it looks like and what it means to take up your cross and follow him. See, what he's saying is if you choose to live a self-centered life for yourself, if you choose this road and trying to go after your own personal ambitions, your own uh, personal gain, putting yourself even before others in these things, you're going to lose your life in the end. And at worst, because in this situation, you're not... You, maybe you don't even have a relationship with Christ. You're not following Christ. Now you're losing communion with God. If you're not a Christian, you're losing eternal life with God. Right? If you're living in this way. But then he says the other way. He says, if you choose to give up your life for my sake, for the Gospels, you'll still lose your life. But you'll find it. Because when Jesus requires his uh, disciples and the people want to come after him to follow him, he requires them to lose their life. And it's a matter of how you want to choose to lose your life. That's really what it comes down to. Do you want to lose your life in this way and <laughs> really just give yourself to nothing and um, in the end separate yourself from God? For eternity, not just now, because the things when you live this life, you're focused on the now. You're only focused on what the world can give you, what you can get in return. But Christ is calling us to something greater. He's calling us to this life where we give ourselves up for his sake and the gospel's sake. And I'm not going to lie, it's really hard, right? We've already gone through what it looks like. It's extremely difficult. We have to deny ourselves every single day because there's days where I'm extremely prideful or maybe I'm just selfish because I'm like, man, I just give to other people all the time. Today's like my day. It's my day to, to do this or do that. But he's calling us to give these things up for the sake of him and the gospel. It's calling us to a life of not self-centeredness, but really selflessness. So it's a matter of losing your life either way but how do you want to lose your life? You can throw that uh, first picture up again, Andy. Actually, I'm like working him hard back there. He's earning his pay. Yeah. So, um, and it, only to kind of go back to this is 
I, I mean, 10 years ago, <clears throat> this is me and what I looked like or whatever, um, but really it's more about the heart and, and what I was, the Lord was doing in my life or challenging me with. And, um, <clears throat> and so I think about this person and where I'm at now. I think the biggest thing I'm like that I, I'm just so grateful for really God's grace is that uh, I made the choice to lose my life to Christ. I made the choice to give up um, who I was then um, to be the person I am today, and it's not something I did on my own. It's the grace of God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's so interesting because the, the other thing that's so uh, uh, cool is that, so when we think about Peter in the Scripture, somebody who later on in, in the Bible is going to deny Christ, right? And, and Jesus is arrested. He's taken through the courtyard, and people are, do you know this person? He denies him three times. And what really sticks out to me is that he says, I know not this man. And the amazing thing about following Christ and, and choosing to lose your life for him is that you can look back, even 10 years, you know, or maybe it's a year, maybe it's a week, and you can say, man, I know not this man. I know that the physical person he is and, and who he is, but the heart of that person, I don't know him anymore. All I know is Christ, and that's my hope, and that's my prayer. Following Jesus, being his disciple, is dying to yourself in, in just what it is, following Christ. But in that, there's the challenges, there's the, the hard things. But through it all, I think the biggest thing is that it gives us life. And this is really kind of uh, uh, weird, but when you think about the suffering and the pain and the rejection that you will experience and even death and following Christ, it's not meant to like wear us down and get us to a point where we're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to follow Christ. But if we're focused on Jesus Christ the whole time, we will experience life in our suffering. And this is what's really bizarre. We'll experience life in our pain. We'll experience life even in death. And that's what the hope is. That's where the hope lies. Taking up your cross, facing suffering, and even rejection is meant to give life in the end. It's a matter of our focus. It's a matter of how we want to lose our life. And Jesus promises abundant life to those who follow him and those who call themselves a disciple. But if we choose to save ourselves, we then are resenting and denying ourselves of the very thing that gives us life, and that's Jesus Christ, who is our true source of life, our true source of joy. So Jesus asks these rhetorical questions after us, right? Then he says, what is the point for someone to choose to live for him or herself, to live in their own desires, ambitions, wants, but give up eternal life with God? What is the point of a man to, to forfeit his soul, right? Because once we give up our life, there's nothing we can do to get it back. There's nothing that we can do to get back communion with God when we've forfeited our soul to this world, when we forfeit it to our, ourselves, to other people. There's nothing we can do to get it back. But Jesus offers this life still, even when we turn away, even when um, we, we give up, the, the life he's calling to us, the life that he, he really wants us to live. And, and this is where the, the hope really comes in, because this life is offered to us because Jesus was the one who took up his cross. 
Jesus was the one who took up his cross and he carried it all the way to his death where he was nailed to it, right? Where he was ridiculed the whole way and where eventually he breathed his last breath. And even his own words, he he talks about the gospel, the good news, right? Then he goes and does it and he becomes the good news. What, what he did on the cross, how he took on the weight of our sin and, and how he suffered and endured all these things for the sake of us here, for the sake of people that we know in our lives who uh, maybe are far from him and living in sin and all these things. He died for these people. The worst person you can imagine in your mind, he died for that person. He did just what he said he was going to do. He took up his cross. He suffered. He, he uh, endured pain and all these things. But in the end, he created a way to have new life in communion with God through his actions, through uh, the cross, and, and ultimately through his resurrection, right? And he promised that to his disciples. So I can imagine he's like kind of grinning as he talks to his disciples and challenging them in this, and they have no idea what actually is going to happen. They're like, okay, you're going to die, but they're like, no, that can't happen because you're the Messiah. And, and Peter just can't understand this. And God's like, no, this is, this is what's going to happen, I'm telling you. In the end, through it all, he provides a way to have real true life, to have true living. There's no other life like the life of falling Christ. And for me, if I'm to go through suffering and, and I don't know what my life is going to bring, I would choose to suffer. I would choose pain and dying if it means that I'm going to have Christ in my life every time. Because that life is way better than just choosing to live for myself and, and choosing uh, to be selfish and all these things. And it just goes back to this idea that I'm going to lose my life either way, but I'd rather lose my life and gain real life with Christ. So the, only, the question as I kind of wrap up here is just that, like how do you want to lose your life? It's a daily decision. Following Christ and, and, and being a disciple is just what it is. It means denying yourself daily. It means taking up your cross daily. And it means choosing to follow him and be like him daily. But in the end, in the, in the outcome, if we choose the life of following Christ, is that we will experience true life. We'll experience true joy. So <clears throat> it's a challenge, but it's a good challenge. And really, it's a hopeful challenge because of the joy we can experience and because of the life that Christ provides through even the things that we know we're going to go through, the things he promises. So let me just pray for us um, as we kind of conclude here, and everybody's depressed. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I really don't, I don't want us to leave in a place of um, discouragement because even though we will experience things, we need to remember that God is with us. We need to remember that he will give us new life from death, uh, you know, the phoenix out of the, out of the ashes rises the phoenix, right? When there's death, there's new life. Dying to ourselves provides life. That's what it looks like to follow Christ, to die to ourselves every day, and in the end, experiencing true joy, true salvation, not just the idea of it, but really living it out each day. So Lord Jesus, this morning as we think about your words, God, and we're challenged by them, 
I pray that more than anything, God, in the end, we would be encouraged through the challenge. Lord, that we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength, God. That we would know that the life that Jesus provides is better than anything else. And even Christians who have known you for years and years, God, need to hear this. Young, in the middle, old, whatever it looks like, you're in your walk, God. We need to hear of this life that we have in Christ. We also need to hear that. We need to make a choice, God, each and every day. If we're going to follow Christ or if we're going to live for just ourselves. We face situations and circumstances, God, every day where we have a choice. Lord, am I going to choose to follow you and live for you? Lord, when I hear other people at work um, tearing down this other person, Lord, am I going to choose to follow you? Um, or am I going to choose myself and join with them and, and tear this person down, cause this person to, to fall or stumble, Lord? And, Lord, am I going to choose to... Uh, dishonor my parents, Lord. When I wake up in the morning and, and my parents are asking me to do something, God, am I going to choose to just shove it back in their face, call them names? Am I going to choose to just totally disconnect myself from my parents, Lord? Or am I going to make a choice to honor them because really I'm choosing to honor the Lord? And in this way of life, there is uh, there is life in, in following Christ and making these decisions, Lord. But we must know that along the way there is going to be suffering and rejection because it's the way of the cross, Lord. It's the way you've called us to. But let us keep our eyes and our minds focused on Jesus Christ. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.